Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 256. Our main event is for the UFC Flyweight Championship of the World. Davison Figueredo taking on Brandon the assassin baby Moreno. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, the co-host, the analyst, the really important guys. It is Chris Olson. You can find him on Twitter at Real Chris Olson, and Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Guys, how you doing? Doing good. Doing uh, great. Uh, excited for this card. I think there's there's a lot of good fights on here, uh, especially like like Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira could headline a fight night card so i i think there's some really good sneaky uh fights on here and um you know i'm uh, gonna learn a hard lesson with figure eight or twice i guess to uh to give a preview but uh wow it's it's just one i'm gonna have to learn you know sometimes sometimes you put your hand on the stove you burn your hand and you're like oh, i wasn't it wasn't that hot maybe we can maybe we can try again did you so, know that uh figurito and moreno i think have the same map no i'm sorry uh, Moreno and Perez have the same manager. Is that right? <laughs> I, I thought I thought I had heard that. Um, yeah. Let's just not lose any more fights, guys. I'm getting yeah. I, I'm I'm getting so fed up with DFS. You know, with these late losses of fights that you know I'm like transitioning more of my play over to to just wagering, which frankly I've been a lot more successful at anyway. Um, you know, over the course of the last few cards anyway. But I really do have a strong feeling about this card. It's almost scary how much I like my lineups um, that I created so far. So I guess we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be some debate with Chris uh, already giving a hint in, as to which direction he's moving in uh, with the main event. Well, what are the dogs he's picking, though? I mean, there's a lot of live dogs in this card. I don't hate that one. Oh, I agree. And I'm, I, I'm I will say, it, full disclosure, I'm changing one of my picks that I made um, uh, early in the week. Right, we're going to talk about that. I, I, yeah. I, have, to, I have to do it. You, you, I have to you, do you it. You went to the dark side. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of live dogs on this card. Really, it's a sneaky good card. I love it. PPPs. It is, there is probably maybe one or two fights where I go, meh, and all the other fights, and one of those is because of a, because of a late, late replacement. Yep. It's top to bottom. Like, quite frankly, let's, let's go through a quick Ferguson, Oliveira, Chris said it. Which one of these fights? I'm going to list off fights that are all on this card. 
Tell me if any of these could not be a headliner to a, a pandemic fight night card. Ferguson Oliveira. Holland Souza. That could be a main event of a fight night card. Especially these uh, days. Yeah. Dos Santos Gagne. Wouldn't yeah, totally, sure. would not totally surprise me. Um, that's probably, and I can, I can go borderline if I go pure pandemic. Moicano Fizze has a fun fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, that could be a fight night. Especially given game. the public's got the line move wrong. So, especially that for that reason. We'll be, I'll be interested to hear your take on that. Guys, before we get started on the breakdowns, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. We record these on Friday nights. You can listen to the replays. Actually, first, to watch them live if you're not already. YouTube, the Rotowire YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Rotowire MMA. All right, guys, let's get into it. Let's break down some fights. Oh, before I get that far, welcome to those guys who are in chat. Thank you for being here. Just scrolling through real real quick. I see TJ here, Ryan Honia, who I think is new. So welcome, Greg Stone. I see some new guys in here. So welcome to everybody who is new. Comments in chat, and we will get to them as we move along here. Let's talk fights. Chase the Dream Hooper, 9,300, taking on Peter Barrett at 6,900. Line on this fight. Chase Hooper is minus 305. Peter Barrett, plus 275. Fight does not go to decision, minus 240. Chase Hooper, young guy. Joe, is he improved? Is he better? Or can he just get Peter Barrett down? Uh, you know, I don't know. Honestly, this is not a fight that I'm super interested in. At minus uh, 240? No, distance, that's scary, man. I don't really, I don't really like this fight all that much. Um, I do think that you know the path to victory for Barrett is is to keep it standing. Which call me Captain Obvious for saying that, but um, I believe that if he could keep it standing, he can have some success at six point nine k. You should probably have some lineups with uh, Peter Barrett in them, simply because it allows you to build a hell of a lineup around him. Um, I'm honestly not going to have a whole lot of Hooper. I mean, he was exposed by Bruce Leroy. I'm not saying that Barrett is is as good even as Bruce Leroy. And the UFC is likely trying to kind of lob him a softball. But, you know, honestly, he's just lost standing up. And unless he's made some major improvements between his last fight and now, I think Barrett could beat him standing. It's just a function of, you know, Peter Barrett's been submitted. He can get taken down. Um, it's all going to be about game plan. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I suppose I have to pick Hooper, but um, I really do think Barrett's live, and I'm going to have more of Barrett on DraftKings, and I'm going to have Hooper. All right, Captain Obvious. I don't know if I, I totally agree with that because Barrett hasn't shown he can stop a takedown. I'm on Hooper, but I am scared because Hooper, young in his career, has taken a ton of damage. Barrett could win on the feet. I am targeting both sides of this fight, more so on the Hooper side because – God, he can't stop a takedown. Chris, how do you see it? Yeah, um, I I am I'm on Hooper too, of course. One of the things that really worries me here is I I just don't know if he's physically strong enough to compete with a lot of these guys. I um I mean he looks sort of like a stiff breeze would blow him over just to look at him. And then, you know, uh Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, who has made some uh grappling uh strides. I don't want to say that he's totally not improving he is but when you look at a guy who gets subbed as his primary mode of losing fights and then uh chase <coughs> do that it does make it hard to be really confident that Hooper's gonna just get in here and do this uh the good thing about hooper is we saw in the casares fight is he's tough and he's relentless you hit him with shots he'll keep coming and he's gonna keep trying to do what he wants to do so i like that aspect of it I also, uh, like what Joe said, and I think, uh, Sean, you echoed it as well, that um, Barrett gets taken down a lot, gets subbed when he loses. So Lyle had his back, and they were close to it. He was close to a choke in that fight. Uh, it's just it's just the strength advantage. I don't know who has it. I'm <coughs> nervous. Um, and it's one of these fights, too, where I think if Hooper doesn't do this early, it's not going to get any better for him later on. So, um so yeah, it's a tough one. I, I certainly like I certainly like Hooper, um, but if it extends, uh, you know, I think you got to like Barrett more and more. So I would target both. I think Barrett is going to be not very highly owned. I was actually surprised when I saw a lot of the scuttlebutt was like, 
this is definitely a Hooper fight. I mean, he should win, but I don't know how to have supreme confidence in him. So I disagree, Chris, a little bit. I think Barrett will be, you know, reasonably owned because there's only 10 fights. That's true. You know, know, yeah, with 10 fights. And again, Hooper is really, really expensive. And I don't know if anybody with a straight face can tell me that, like, Hooper is even in their top three DraftKings favorite plays. Like, you know, I, I did I did some rankings for, for you know, our good friend Brett Apley and, and the different price ranges. And I, I don't think I saw Hooper too, come up too many times in, yeah. in the top three. So, um, around him. yeah, I mean, I just think there's a lot of value around him. So, look, I mean, maybe, maybe for that reason, Hooper is worth some action because he's maybe not going to be as highly owned as some of the guys, some of the other guys that are, you know, either fighting in a main event or – um, you know, have proven to be good DraftKings scorers. But, um, you know, I just – I don't like him in this spot. I mean, prove me wrong. You know, he's fighting a journeyman. He's fighting a journeyman um, who's not that great. I think he's part of Joe Lozan, Joe Lozan's camp up in Boston, was on the Contender Series. I think won the fight by decision on the Contender Series. So, you know, his strength is is longevity. So let's let's see what happens. All right, moving on, moving out. Tisha, the Tiny Tornado Torres at 8,900, taking on late replacement debutante Sam Hughes at 7,300. Line on this fight. Tisha Torres minus 570. Sam Hughes, the comeback is plus 480. Fight goes through decision. Hey, it's Tisha Torres minus 270 to see the cards. Look, Tiny Tornado is better everywhere, but how well does she score for DraftKings? To me, my quick breakdown is she's going to win probably save for cash games and it's the balancing act of how much is she going to score can she win you a gpp and despite this line i think she's going to be pretty unowned because everyone knows the book on tisha torres so i have torres i'm not going to fade her like some people might uh, i am going to fade, fade sam hughes good um for you stepping up stepping up here but people always forget how good tisha torres is i was all over her against brianna van buren cleaned up there betting wise um I don't think she's going to fall off here. So give me Tiny Tornado, and it's just – it's a DFS decision to make. Chris, who you got? Yeah. Um, one of the things that's interesting to me about this fight from a from a DraftKings perspective is um, – as I get my solo layout in – is uh, Tisha Torres doesn't wrestle a lot in general, but when she feels like she needs to wrestle, she does. She wrestled a lot in the Njacek fight. Um there were a couple other recent fights where she wrestled a lot that I tried to pull up, but uh, I, I didn't. I didn't beat the uh, the the uh, prediction here. But uh, suffice to say that she does try to wrestle a lot when she has to. She's not very good at it. Um, I think her takedown uh, uh, accuracy is like fourteen percent or something. But um, Sam Yu stands up very tall. I don't see her stopping a shot. It seems like. What she likes to do is look for opportunistic chokes uh, in those exchanges. I, uh, she's gotten, she got one in, in one of her recent fights. I think that's something she likes to do. And in general, uses – look, I don't, I don't think she's a bad-looking prospect. I actually think um, she might have a future in this division. She is a good pressure boxer. She throws in combination. I like that about her. I just think that uh, Tisha's pace and the wrestling is just – going to be something that, that uh, Hughes is not going to be able to stand up to here. So I like Torres. I think there could be some more takedowns that we're used to seeing, and I think that makes her a little more live in DFS. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a decision. I, I But I don't really see Hughes as particularly live here just because I don't really see how she can win. I don't, I don't think she's going to knock out uh, Tisha Torres, and if she doesn't, I, I can't see her winning two rounds. So – uh, yeah, the pick is Torres and potentially maybe a bit more high scoring than some of her more recent fights. Joe, who you got? Yeah, uh, I'm a little bummed because I actually uh, – I was all queued up to do a, uh, a a nice dog parlay with uh, Torres when she was fighting Angela Hill. I actually liked her against Angela Hill, and I was going to combine her with, um, you know, other uh, female fight on this card. Um you know, so I was a little bummed. You know, there's not a lot of value in Tisha Torres at minus 550, I believe. Um, you know, uh, the other thing is friends don't let friends bet female fighters coming out of the state of Washington. Um, Miranda Danger Granger. 
Um, you know, this is uh, another Washington fighter here. Um, you know, if you want to look at like um, her, her, you know, her loss is against uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, who actually was beaten by Corey McKenna. <laughs> um, you know, so, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously you got to like Torres here. The question is, Torres has not been a prolific DraftKings scorer. What, what is her average? Less than 60, 56 points, I believe. So what are you going to do here at 8.9K with Tisha Torres? Are you going to bank on her getting, what, one of, you know, two finishes in her entire career against a short-notice fighter? That's what you're really betting on if you play Torres at 8.9K because in all likelihood – and again, you know, you never know with fight metrics, but like she's likely not going to score a lot of points in a decision. So what do you do at 8.9K? So while I like Torres to win, I don't see a lot of betting value at, at minus 500. And I don't see a lot of DraftKings value at 8.9K. Moving on, moving out, next fight up. Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo, 8,500, taking on Gavin. I once got beat up so bad by Rick Glenn. Nobody saw me for two years. Tucker at 7,700. Line on this fight. Billy Q minus 152. Gavin Tucker plus 142. Fight goes to decision minus 170. Look, I, I make jokes about Gavin Tucker. Clearly a talented guy. Billy Q is a slow starter. Got a kick that, but Billy Q is 4-0 in the UFC for me. Billy Q, too much volume, too much pressure. Unless Tucker jumps on him early and Quarantillo starts, starts slow again, I, I think it's just Billy Q all day, and I I like this line a little bit here. Joe, what you got? Yeah, so look, <laughs> I got on Q before the line started to get really crazy. So oh. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Q here. But what's really interesting about this fight is, you know, you've got three losses between these two guys and, what, 28 victories, something along those lines, 27 victories. So you've got guys that don't lose a lot. What's really odd is Gavin Tucker's career. There's, like, big gaps you know, in his career where he was very inactive. You know, I think if you, and I'm looking really quickly on topology, like he didn't fight between 2017 and 2019, essentially took two years off. Well, that was, you know why that one was, at least for a year of it. That was the Rick Glenn fight. Well, that right. And, and, brutal. And that's where I'm brutal. going, right? That's about as brutal a decision loss as you ever want to see. And, you know, he came back and he choked out. Um, Wu Choi, um, that wasn't, you know, look, that wasn't a great test for him. Um, he was a slight favorite in that fight. Here's my fear is that the way Q fights is very pressure oriented. So I could see him certainly putting the pressure on, uh, Tucker and wearing him down just like Rick Glenn did. So I don't know that this is a great matchup for Tucker, although, you know, Tucker's got some kicks. He, you know, he could maybe catch. Uh, catch our guy with something here, Billy Q. But that Billy Q Carlisle fight was just such a fun fight. And I, I like this guy genuinely as a person too. He's very articulate. You know, he gives good interviews. Um, that's not any reason to bet him or play him on DraftKings, but he's kind of priced right in that mid range uh, at 8.5. Uh, and the line is getting a little away from you, but I still think there's a t there's some value in the line um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so I'm going to take Q here. I, I like him as a DraftKings play. I like him as a wager. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I like uh, Quarantillo too. And uh, for a lot of the, the reasons you guys mentioned. Guys, don't worry. If you're new here, we're going to start fighting soon. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. This won't it, last. It's coming. Yeah. All, all, all peace is short-lived, so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, I, I, for a lot of the reasons you guys mentioned, I think the pressure is going to be a big factor here. The reach of Quarantillo is a big factor. And Joe mentioned that uh, Tucker likes to use his kicks, but he's not going to have the range to really do that here. Um, I also just don't like the way the way he um, responds when he gets hit. He got hit by that uppercut from Justin James because he just sort of ducked and covered and uh, didn't really see it. So uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about him. I do think uh, simultaneously, though, he might be undervalued just because um, we, we all, we all flash back to that, uh, to that Rick Glenn fight. It wasn't the best look, but he's definitely skilled. He's definitely fast. He's throws a combination. He wrestles a lot. And I believe he's also, um, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. If, 
if somebody wants to check me on that. But um, so there's a, there's a lot of marks in his favor. I just think that the physical advantages of Quarantillo are too much. I think that the pressure is going to get to uh, to um, uh, the guy's name who I'm talking about. Who I can't Kevin remember. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. that's right. And uh, and I, I just you think it's going to be a credibility when you're going to pick Marino later. All yeah, later. yeah. But, uh, no, I just think it's going to be a bit too much. It's going to be a fun scrap. It's going to be a good fight. I'm, I'm interested to see these two on the ground. But generally, when you have two guys who are good on the ground, uh, the length really plays for a lot. We've seen that uh, with Aljo Sterling uh, recently. So uh, give me uh, Quarantillo in what should be a high-scoring fight. Moving on, moving out, Rafael Fizeev, 8,400, taking on Hanato Moicano at 7,800. Hundred line on this fight. Fiziev minus 145. Moicano is plus 135. Fight does not go to decision. Minus 135. All of Moicano's last three fights have been under one minute. Twice he's been knocked out. Fiziev hits hard. Hasn't got a knockout yet. Moicano clearly chin issues showing. Has shown good striking. Probably time to start leaning on your grappling, son. Who you got in this one, Chris? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because uh, Fiziev's a guy who had all had all these uh, kickboxing accolades, and then he goes out and gets absolutely starched in his debut. And so we're not sure what to expect. He has a, a decent performance in his his next fight. Nothing great, but he really shines against Dikazi. Um, those thundering body kicks from range, the ridiculous defense where he does his his matrix uh, thing to avoid kicks, uh, like almost bending his his back. Uh, you know, all the way down, which was something. He can scramble on the ground. He can wrestle. One of the big questions here for me is going to be, we haven't really seen what his takedown defense looks like. I think DKZ might have tried one or two. He's not the best shot wrestler. Uh, Moicano has been using his wrestling a lot more lately. We're going to really have to see what that looks like. But I, I think even if he gets him there, I think he's going to have a hard time uh, keeping him there. I think Fiziev can scramble really well. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great fight. I do think Moicano is a little bit too hittable for this, especially with a guy who, who hits as hard and varies his targets like uh, Fizayev. And uh, striking just a little too much, a little too rudimentary, although I do like the light kicks. There are certain things about the stand-up game I like. I think it's going to have to really be wrestling grappling heavy, and I'm not sure that he can keep him there Um to really get things done. So I have to go with Fizzy. Here's the problem. I, I take issue with saying his striking is rudimentary because it's brutal. Because me and Joe were cage side when he was kicking, literally kicking the sh. Oh, yeah. No, the leg kicks are good. No joke. No, you division. stole my thunder, I, man. That was the body thunder. kicks. His kicks in general. I, I I have dreams about those kicks though. Yeah. Like they were brutal. I think the bigger issue is if he stands with it and gets knocked out. Yeah. He needs to get this fight to the ground. I yeah. think he does. I'm taking Moicano for the upset. Joe, who do you have? I've got more. I love Moicano in this spot. I mean, I don't know if I go that far. By the Cal- way, Calvin Cater is a better striker than Fiziev is, and uh, like you like you said, he peaked. He, a better boxer. I don't know if he's a well, better okay striker or a boxer. Let's not get too technical here. So he's a better he's he's better he's got better hands let's say that than than Fiziev, Calvin yeah, okay. Cater and and Moicano pieced him up. I mean he obviously pieced up Cub Swanson. Then he loses to Aldo, who's you know longtime goat in the weight class, longtime goat and and you know and and you know Korean Zombie, which was not a good luck. I'll give you that right. Um, Moicano has fought better competition. Um, he's more he's well more well rounded as a fighter. I don't understand the line move. I thought like I, I thought I, I thought it was a gift at plus one twenty. I think it's like like Christmas, Hanukkah, and Swanza all wrapped up into one at plus one thirty. Anything, anything, is- <laughs> anything more than that, and you're gonna kind of uh, you know you, you're just getting a gift from the gods. So I really like Moicano here. I, I think it's a great spot for him. Have not been super impressed with. Uh, by CF. I do give, uh, you know, look, he hasn't knocked anyone out yet in the UFC. I think Moicano, if he's smart, he'll grapple. He'll get him to the ground. I think he can submit him. Uh, look at Moicano by submission. Plus 320. Plus 320 is not bad, my friends. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's live. 
Um, I've been pretty, 370. I've been, yeah, I've been pretty hot with props recently. Um, I've not played that one yet, but uh, I, I do like Mike Hanum in this spot. I will have a few shares of Fiziev. I'm not saying fade the guy. I will have a few shares of him, but I like him in DraftKings. I like Moicano to bat. Um, you know, one of my favorite plays on the slate. Joe is pretty pretty tough not to be uh, impressed by that performance against Diakese, though. Come on, man. Okay, Ooh. it's it's Mark Diakese. I don't think much of him either. Uh, by the way, fight does not go to decision minus one thirty-five. Which is, I I think that's interesting because I just I think Moicano's chin is pretty. Uh, look, I I definitely I don't I don't hate that as a hedge. You know, I don't hate that as a hedge. All right, moving on, moving out. Daniel Pineda, you told me six years ago he's a favorite against Cub Swanson. I'm probably betting my house on Cub Swanson. Now we got a different story. He's 8,300. Cub Swanson is 7,900. Line on this fight. Pineda, minus 155. Comeback on Cub Swanson, plus 145. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 155. Got to say both guys, including Cub, looked pretty good on the scales today. I think it's two guys clearly going different directions. Cub Swanson fighting good guys, but does not look good at all in the cage to me. Pineda, on the other hand, looking better than he ever has. Joe, who do you have? <coughs> I, uh, I, li- I like Pineda a lot in this spot. I mean, I think Cub is what coming off of uh, a surgery, I believe knee surgery. Um, anyway, I mean, he lost a grappling bout to Jake Shields. Okay. Um, Crone Gracie, um, you know, is his one win, um, you know, since Crocs were cool. Um, yes, he's fought great competition. Um, Brian Ortega, Frankie Edgar, the aforementioned Renato Moicano, Sugar Shane Burgos, and then he beats uh, one of the Gracies, who we all know are, are, are known for their stand-up. Um, you know, loses a grappling bout to great Jake, Jake Shields. Um, I, you're right. I think, you know, Pineda was would have potentially won a million bucks um, if he didn't have some issues, um, I, I, by the way, for what it's worth, guys, yeah, uh, it's red hot, yeah. red hot. <laughs> uh, I I love this spot for Pineda. I don't think it's a great spot for Cub. Um, I'm glad he's got some investments because I have to believe that if he loses six of seven fights, even as much as the UFC likes him, uh, he's going to be getting a pink slip here. Yeah, especially with Dana White, they've already cut, they've cut people. You know, Romero gone. They're going to cut more people. Yep. Uh, it was interesting here. If Pineda gets this fight to the, to the ground, we always hear Swanson the black belt. His black belt. Some of the black belt. He's been subbed a lot. Dude, his judo oh, is dude. his judo is better than his jujitsu. That's what oh. people don't really look at. Like his judo is much better than his jujitsu. So, I, I I'm taking Pineda as well, and. I, I can't bet on this version of Cub Swanson. It's hard for me to put anything down on him. Uh, Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Cub. I'm, I'm not 100% there we go. There in we love go. with it, but I just, you know, I, I think sell that. Me. Sell me on it. Uh, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to try. Yeah, I, I really gave a good pitch at the beginning, but let me. I'm working <laughs> into it. But, um, Look, I think that you can you can say a ha ha ha, Crone Gracie, not a striker. Uh, that's whatever. But just the way he looked on the feet in that fight was really good to me. He was taking. Oh, yeah, I mean, most guys look great shadow boxing. What? Well, no, I, but look, <laughs> look, he was mobile in there. He was. Yeah, I love that one. But uh, oh, that was too easy. Sorry. Look, he was he was mobile in there. He was taking angles, and you want to talk about his competition? You can make a heavy argument that he won that Shane Burgos fight. So, I mean, when you look at everything he's done, he's still otherworldly tough. I mean, yes, Moicano hit him with a shot that dropped him, and eventually he got finished. That happens. And if you look at his the times he's been subbed, it generally happens when he's hurt like Moicano, when he's uh, tired or beat up like, uh, what was it, the first Edgar fight, or like the, you know, by surprise, like um, – like Ortega did, and by the way, Ortega subbing you, I don't think should uh, should get you marked down on anybody's uh, anybody's uh, off list there. But I just think that uh, Pineda's a little too hittable in open space. Uh, Herbert was really cracking him when he would throw naked kicks. I think that uh, Cub Swanson could do kind of the same thing. And uh, look, I think that Cub can at least survive on the ground. Uh, I don't think that. 
Look, I, I would be really shocked if, if Pineda could just take him down and blow him out there. I, I just don't see that happening. So, um, yeah, uh, Pineda can knock him out. Or what uh, What I think is going to happen is that we could get a little replay of the Duho Choi fight where Cobb just takes him into the deeper waters here where, uh, you know, you throw everything you have at him and, and he keeps coming. I, I just wanted to note one thing that when I was – when I was researching, uh, not researching, but, you know, looking at Pineda, he's got, it's either 24 or 26 wins. You know, he's never won by decision. They're all finishes, yeah. which is incredible to me. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything to add with that. I just thought it was really cool and I wanted to share it. So what is the, what is the do not go to, doesn't go to decision prop? Uh, fight does not, is that at the beginning? I believe it was minus, let's pull it up, minus 155. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No. Um, this cup gets in all these wars. Yeah. They go to yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving out. Next fight up. Cyril Gagne, 9,200, taking on the ghost. Please retire. Junior Dos Santos at 7,000. Oh, no. Line on this fight. Gagne minus 380. JDS plus 340. Fight does not go to decision. Minus 180. Look, Gagne, new school, can grapple, hits hard. JDS, probably better technically striking, can't stay conscious to save his life. Like that, That's the breakdown in this fight, unfortunately. Um, did I give the um, the salaries on this one? If I didn't, it was 9.2K for Gagne, 7,000 for Dos Santos. Chris, who you got? Yeah, uh, this just makes me sad. I'm, I'm a big fan of JDS. I love uh, slick boxers in the cage. JDS has always had a good jab and still has one. There's two main problems now. One is that he uh, he backs up to the fence. The other is that um, he's not he be separated from his consciousness. Huh? He's quickly and easily separated from his consciousness. Yeah, that's, that, that's another big problem. But the other thing is um, he he's not he's losing his speed, and that really is a problem when he throws the big looping shots that he likes to throw. Uh, we saw him get finished by Nganu from a shot like that. He kept throwing those big uppercuts to try to intercept uh, Curtis Blades, and Blades caught him and knocked him out. Um, and even in that, even in the uh, Rosentrick fight, like he's doing good for a round. He gets hit once, gets backed up, and then counter hook, and then that's the end of it. Um, he's just he's just too open uh, when he throws shots and too slow now, and. Gagne's biggest attribute here is his athleticism. He is a heavyweight that moves like an athletic light heavyweight. He is just so quick and fluid in the cage. Um, he is a well-put-together kickboxer. I think he's going to pressure. I mean, this is a heavyweight fight. So JDS probably is a little undervalued at uh, what 7K it was, uh, Sean? Uh, yes. So, I mean, you, you got to have shares. It's a heavyweight fight. It's JDS. He still hits plenty hard. Ghani's had, like, what, six MMA fights? So you can't fade him completely. It's not possible. But I do think that Gagne wins here. I think that um, this will be, I think, five stoppage losses in a row for JDS, which is, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, I think that's going to happen here. But I would say d don't. Don't forget about JDS here. There's um, there's a lot that uh, can happen here, especially against an inexperienced fighter. JDS is the very opposite of that. So, um, yeah, Gagne, but, you know, keep your eyes open for JDS. Yeah, and if, if Santos can stay conscious, he's live in his fight, and Gagne's ceiling kind of comes down. I just think that's too big an if here. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah, uh, no surprise here. Um, Gagne, the one bit of caution I will give is I wouldn't be at all surprised if this fight went to a decision. Um, you know, Junior does a little rope-a-dope. Um, you know, I, I do like Gagne here. I'm not sure how great a DK play he is um, because if it, you know, if it does go to decision, I mean, if it goes to decision or he gets an early, like, you know, 30-second knockout, um, he's probably not going to score all that well in either case. Um, you know, relatively safe play, certainly a good cash play. Gagne, I'm really looking forward to Gagne Rosenstruck. I think that would be a great fight. 
Yeah. Um, I do hope that uh, Junior Dos Santos, if he does lose, uh, he leaves his gloves in the octagon. Um, it's a shame that it, he can't be doing this in front of fans. That's the real, that's the one reason to maybe bring him back because, you know, he has done a lot for the UFC. He's made some money, but um, he's taken really tough fights. I mean, you know, and Ganu Blades and Rosenstruck, I mean, yee, like that's a, that's a murderer's row right there. So I would, the only reason I wouldn't want to see him retire is because he can't do it in front of fans. You know, I, I'd like to get this COVID thing over with. I have a card in Brazil. Um, you know, and then have him drop his gloves in the ring in, in Brazil. Um, you know, maybe he comes back. He does like an old timers fight. Um, give me Gagne. Moving on, moving out. Kevin Holland, 8,200, taking on Jacare Souza at a thousand line on this fight. It is flipped. Ronaldo Souza now the favorite, minus 110. Kevin Holland, plus 100. Fight does not go to decision, minus 150. Jacare Souza on the wrong side of 41 these days. Kevin Holland, you know, we've seen how athletic he is, explosive. It was supposed to be him and Jack Hermanson last week. It's supposed to be Vittoria and, and Souza flip him around here. I'm not in love with this fight for TK. I'm just not. I think Kevin Holland's going to play with him. Jacare Souza can't get takedowns anymore, which if he can't do that, He's just loading up on his right hand. I have Holland in this fight. I know Joe, this is the one he's flip-flopping on me. So um, one over two, the dark side. I'm picking Holland, but I don't love this fight for DK. I think I, I think there's some value in the fight goes to decision prop at, at plus 120 here. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I know who you I, got uh, now. Who you got? I, I'm going to, yeah, look, I, I apologize for those who – um, if anybody made a play based on my early in the week selections, uh, hopefully not. Um, I got I got sucked in a little bit by the recency bias. Um, I did then realize that Jacare, you know, went to an ugly split decision against the current light heavyweight champion. This fight is back down at 185. I will be honest, I've been running around all day. I have not seen how either one of these guys looks at weigh-ins. Holland usually looks pretty good at weigh-ins. I don't know how Jacare looked, but um I think Jacare by sub is probably a gift. Um, I heard the line. I think it was over two to one. Is that right, Sean? I Jacare. I think it's 260, 250. Oh yeah, Jacare oh, by sub, 185 against the guy that's very flawed on the ground. So like, inside the distance period is plus 180. Yeah. Uh, Soza by submission, plus 250. Yeah, mm. so I, I don't know how you don't take a stab at that. I mean, you know, like whatever your whatever your limits are, you you know, ten bucks, twenty bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever. Like Jacare by sub against a guy like Kevin Holland, um, if he gets it to the ground and Holland can't get up right away, I, I really think it could end quickly. Um, this is why I'm changing my my pick to Jacare here. Like I said, I got sucked in. You know, Kevin Kevin Holland is like Mister Mister Pandemic. You know, LV Annex. You know fights and he has looked really good don't get me wrong and that's what kind of got him this spot but I, I really don't think this is a great spot for him is there some risk sure Jacare is 41 but like if Jacare can't handle Kevin Holland he should be cut um honestly uh, at 180 especially at 185 you know so uh, give me Jacare I've seen some of his training films he's looked looks pretty good um, didn't see him on the scales today. Hopefully it wasn't that bad a cut. If anybody has any color on how Jacare looked, feel free to put it in chat. But um, I will take Jacare here. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Holland. And I think it's funny that you took it to props. I think you you might even play this two ways because I think Holland by KO is something like 450, 440. So you could do either one of that. I actually do think this fight's going to finish. Because I think that um, you know it's funny. You guys talked about by the way, Holland and Holland by TKOs or KO two sixty. Oh, two sixty. That's not it. Not that good. Not that good. I, th I thought it was a little better than that. Maybe it came down. Um, but I, I, I um, what was I saying? It was five thirty like three days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I saw it that big, but uh, wow. So really bet down. But um, as you guys were saying, I, I think uh, Sean mentioned it. Uh, Jacare hasn't gotten a takedown since the Gastelum fight. He hasn't got a sub since Tim Boach in 2017. And uh, Kevin Holland's a black belt. They uh, 
Travis Luter black belt, who, as we yeah. all know, <laughs> I'm gonna pause you right there. His fights the gun. He's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> there, there are no, a lot no, of black belts. I, to be clear, I don't think that means he's gonna like sub Jacare or something. I just think it means um, he can survive on the ground if it gets there. Look, I, I don't look, think. Well, I'm not picking Hamid. I just don't agree with you. Well, okay, okay, but um, Jacare had uh, had uh, Kevin Gaslam in mount in the middle of the cage in the first round. He didn't sub him there. So I think saying that another black belt could survive against him, I don't think is that crazy. But anyway, we'll see. Um, one thing I, I, I saw that was kind of eye-opening for me in the, uh, in the Jack Hermanson fight was um, there was an exchange in the first round. Uh, Jack Ray's pressuring against the fence. Uh, he, he, he brings himself open to go, for, to go for a punch, and Hermanson hits him with like a three-piece uh, a three-piece counter that brings him to the canvas. He tries to guillotine him. Jacare gets out, and they fight. Uh, Kevin Holland's going to have, I think, a nine-inch reach advantage here. That is enormous. That is going to be trouble when Jacare tries to work himself inside. And I don't see why uh, why he, Holland couldn't do what Hermanson did there, except even worse because he's longer and he's quicker. And I think that means he probably has more power as well. Um, so I actually, I do think this is a two-way fight. I really think it's either a sub or, or, or a stoppage from Holland. I, I think it finishes. I think, um, it's a good fight to target, but I think that, um, the, the thing that me and Sean agree on is, uh, you know, it's hard to trust Jacare to get, to get fights to the floor now in the first place. And it's hard to trust him to get subs. Uh, so I'm going Holland here. You got to play both sides. I do think it finishes. I do think it scores well. Uh, but the pick again is Holland. Moving on, moving out. Mackenzie Dern, 8,700. Taking on Virna Roba at 7,500. Line on this fight. Mackenzie Dern, minus 175. Virna Roba plus 165. Fight. I was deciding which one to read. It's a pick em. Fight goes to decision, doesn't go to decision. Pick a minus 110, minus 115 a piece, depending on your book. This fight is giving me problems because I straight up, I always say this before, Mackenzie Dern fight. I am a Mackenzie Dern fan. Um, it's interesting. We have two BJJ practitioners here. And you go to the feet. Neither one are that good on the feet, yeah. um, in my opinion. Dern, I think, is probably a little better BJJ practitioner, but she's more likely to guess. However, she also hits a hell of a lot harder than Jandaroba. Um, so how do I have this fight? I have a slight lean towards Mackenzie Dern. I do think Virna is live. However, I'm kind of getting the sense she's going to be a little popular. Yeah. Um, so uh, that makes me more the Dern side. But the most likely outcome here is probably a gross striking decision that neither one of them scored great in. And both are live. So I'm picking Dern. Bjorn is live. I'm worried about how popular she's going to be. Uh, who's up for this one? You know, it's, it's, it's a women's fight. Let's start with Joe. Yeah, so um, I I, I kind of teased earlier that um, I was, you know, when I when I, when I I saw the entire slate um, with, you know, the original composition of fights, I was really hoping to do another one of my three-leg uh no offense, chick parlays. Um, and on in that parlay was going to be Jillian Robinson um, as a slight, I believe as a slight underdog. Um, Jillian Robertson, yeah, to KGB Lee. Jillian Robertson, um, our friend uh, Tisha Torres against Angela Hill, and VJ against uh, Mackenzie Dern. So lo and behold, uh, you know, the Anderson fight, you know, got, got dumped. She's fighting now, I guess, Santos. I don't know what happened with KGB Lee. Uh, I think she got hurt, um, broke her nose. That was it, or something like that. Um, the Torres Torres is now fighting a replacement, so there's no value there. So what are we left with? We're left with VJ. Um, I like VJ a fair amount in this fight. I again, I, I agree. I have to agree with Sean. I think she's going to be very um, popular as a dog. I don't know how great a DraftKings fight this is going to be. I actually like this fight more from a wagering perspective. Um, I've seen some love for. VJ by decision, unfortunately, on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the, the book that I primarily wager on. I love the props and parlays. There's not that big a spread between decision and um, winning the fight. So uh, I haven't yet caught that extra juice, but I do think it's 
you know, it's a likely outcome, it, you know, either Dern or VJ by decision. I think, um, you know, VJ is a better all around mixed martial artist here. Um, Dern, yes, maybe she hits with power, but she is wild and not, and as non-technical as you can get. She's prone to gassing. Um, VJ has got a wrestling advantage. I say the grappling pretty much neutralizes each other out as high as a black belt as Dern is. Um, VJ is not that far beneath her. I'd be very surprised if either one of these ladies got subbed. Um, I would honestly be fairly surprised if, if Dern caught VJ with something and knocked her out. Um, you know, Dern has been blessed by fighting, you know, having her opponents have just awful fight IQ. Um, you know, look at, look at Randa Marcos. I'll never forget her. Oh, I'm never, I'm not, I'm never going to get it, go to the ground with, uh, I'm never going to go to the ground. Yeah. Thank you. Narco cop. Uh, I know FanDuel. I don't know why FanDuel has this number so much better than, than DraftKings. Plus two seventy is I think a, a pretty good play. Um, just back yourself up in case something weird happens and, you know, put a straight bet on VJ, but I like VJ here. Um, again, I think she's going to be popular on DraftKings because of her salary, but I do believe that this is a better fight to bet than to play on DraftKings. So give, give me VJ. Chris. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, this is a tough one for me because it, it's funny. I, I always look to fade Mackenzie Dern when she's facing strikers because she doesn't have wrestling and she always wins. And now she's facing somebody who can't strike either. And I'm still picking against her, mainly mainly because – My girl is going to cost you both money. I want to bet on her now just to prove a point. Okay. I, I know, I'm sure it will just because I'm, I'm cursed to never – like, like – um, Dern is one of those fighters where I'm always going to pick against her and she's always going to win. That's just, that's just what, that's the lot that I have with her and I've accepted it. And uh, I'm a true lot in life, but that's it. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree with Joe about the wrestling advantage. I also think that like, look, we've seen um, good BJJ, BJJ players uh, play on top against, uh, against Dern and she hasn't looked all that great. He boss, she wasn't really able to do a lot against her. Ashley Yoder, she wasn't really able to do a lot against her. So um, I think that in, in yeah, bottom position. Knock down Ashley Yoder and then submit her? No, no. I'm thinking no, about, no. I'm thinking of was, Cooper. I'm thinking about Amanda Bobby Cooper. Yeah. Um, that was uh, – and by the way, never disrespect my girl like that again. Amanda Bobby Cooper? <laughs> yeah. Ride or die, you know she, what it is. Does, does, does she have an OnlyFans yet? I don't know. but it's uh, coming. Yeah. But um, – so, so yeah, I think that, like, the striking is, is like, it's going to be Tasmanian Devil and whoever connects first. I mean, neither one of these ladies are, are good strikers. Um, but, yeah, I think that the top position in the wrestling is going to be Verna, and I think Verna's too skilled to, like, uh, you know, give up a leg or, you know, get, um, you know, caught up in, in X-Guard or, or something like that. Like, this isn't... Um, you know, the, the the fighters that Dern has been fighting and subbing have been uh, pretty low level with the exception of uh, of Randa Marcos, who just decided to dive into her guard in one of the most inexplicable things I've ever seen. But, um, you know, aside from that, I, I do think, you know, it's a good point about, um, you know, maybe this fight doesn't score well. But, um, you know, the other side of that is it could look is it could look like. Um, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Gerald Mearshart and uh, Eric Spicely. You know, you get two high-level black belts in there. Maybe they flip around in the cage and, and do a lot of crazy fun shit that, uh, that you know, results in a lot of points. But I do think that I can see the decision angle. I can see them canceling each other out. Um, but my pick is uh, Verna. All right, moving on, moving out. Co-main event time. Tony Alcacui Ferguson, 8,600, taking on Charles Dubronx Oliveira at 7,600. Line on this fight. Tony Ferguson, minus 165. Comeback on Dubronx is plus 145. Fight does not go to decision, minus 215. Dubronx, UFC record, um, or UFC lightweight record, I think, for, for finishes. Tony Ferguson takes enormous amount of punishment, keeps pressing forward. We've seen Oliveira fade before. It's a great fight on paper. I'm looking forward to this one. Also, the way Tony Ferguson fights, like, I know we've been indestructible, but at some point, like, the wheels are going to come off and a stiff breeze is going to knock him out. And I'm going to think it's this fight 
but it's coming. You can't fight like this forever. You just can't. That being said, he fights. He's half as tough against Dubronx as he is against Gaethje. Oliveira's not taking that kind of punishment. He's just not. He's going to sit down. Like that's just how it is. That being said, I'm picking Ferguson, but I'm going to have a ton of this fight both sides. Oliveira could break could break the slate at his price. We get a sub. Tony Ferguson, by the way, don't just think if this fight hits the ground, Oliveira is going to quickly sub him. Tony Ferguson is a 10th planet black belt. Like he's no joke. First guy to win a UFC title off of his back when he triangled Kevin Lee. Like he can grapple too. Tony Ferguson is insane, but the real deal. I'm picking Ferguson. Oliveira live. Great DFS fight. You could stack this fight. I firmly believe you could stack this fight in cash games if you wanted to. I probably won't, but it's probably the most stackable fight on this card. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, I think I'm picking Oliveira, but I think that Tony Ferguson, I, I, I wonder if, I mean, obviously he's going to be highly owned, but I wonder if just a little shine is going to be off him because I see a lot of people going Oliveira here. I, I could see why. I mean, you talk about, Sean, that um, the wheels are going to fall off. We can't, we can't forget the brutal beating he took uh, against Gaethje. And it wasn't even just like he knocked him out. I mean, he extended him for five rounds and then, and then literally like Ferguson couldn't take it anymore. It was one of the weirdest finishing exchanges I've ever seen where he just started shaking his head. And I mean, he had really just taken all the punishment he could take. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. But I think that Ferguson's going to do what he does. He's going to pour on the pressure and I, I, um, Oliveira is a good pressure striker. I don't know if he's the range striker of somebody like uh, a Justin Gaethje. What I do think Oliveira has going for him here is, um, look, when uh, when Tony Ferguson starts pouring on that pressure and starts to get in the phone booth, Oliveira is one of the few guys who can take him down and not have to worry about what happens off his back. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, a million years ago, he got, uh, was it, uh, heel hooked by Jim Miller or knee barred uh, by Jim Miller in a position where he didn't try to defend. He also ate, also just said off his back, you know, Paul Felder rained down elbows and finished him. That's true. That's true. But um, that was, that was sort of, um, you know, there's two periods of Charles Oliveira's career. There's the period where, what I think ended in that fight, which Sean mentioned, which is the going get tough and now I I fade Charles Oliveira. I think we're past that phase in his career because we've seen him in, in more recent fights come back. The uh, the David Tamer fight where he had to face adversity uh, and then he came back and won. Obviously, this is a different animal from that, but it is something worth noting. Um, I am really excited to see these two guys work on the ground, I hope that that happens at some point. I'm sure that it will. Um, really interested in seeing that. And But I can't get out of my mind the fact that, look, that, I mean, he did sub him, so fair play, and that's what we remember. But the first round, Kevin Lee had uh, Tony Ferguson mounted. And if that bell didn't ring, you know, he was still in a bad spot. You know, if, if Kevin Lee has 30 more seconds, who knows what happened. Now you're facing a really high-level jiu-jitsu player, um, both these guys are going to pressure. They're both going to throw strikes. I love the fight. I echo everything everybody says about how high scoring it's going to be. I'm slightly picking Oliveira, have both sides, and just enjoy it, I guess, because it's going to be awesome. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so um, I saw Charles Oliveira at my first UFC fight, my, my first UFC card in Orlando. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a kind of a, a landmark for me because I had actually won a contest that from DraftKings that I got, they, they kind of paid for me to go to Orlando. I got to have uh, dinner with Frank Mir and his wife and, um, you know, got to sit next to Frank in the fighter section, which was really cool. In, in hindsight, that was such a great card. I mean, you know, the, the curtain jerker was Francis Ngannou on that card. Um, Vincente Luque was the next fight. And then Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards was the fight after that, right? And th those were the those were the first three fights of that card. Um, Valentina Shevchenko made her UFC debut on that card, as did Karolina Kolvakevich. Um, and then you had Charles Oliveira, a Mrs. Weight, 
significantly, comes in and as an underdog to Miles Jury and then submits him. <laughs> and he was coming off of a loss due to a like a a shoulder injury or he just quit against Max Holloway. And that was his first fight subsequent to that, you know, and then he loses, you know, a few fights and then, you know, including one to Paul Felder and then goes on this massive winning streak, you know, and, and that, that is where we are right now. Oh, by the way, Nate Diaz was also on that card against Michael Johnson. Well, Alistair Overeem knocked out Junior Dos Santos. What, what a great card. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, I'm not, you know, he's he's fought some good fighters. Um, I do think, though, that the pressure that El Kukui can put on him is going to be too much. And his jujitsu has always been his fallback. Yes, everybody can make the argument that his hands have improved. But can anyone tell me with a straight face that even at 36 years old, that his hands are better than, than Tony Ferguson's hands? I, I think not. I mean, roll up your sleeves. Let's look for needle marks. Um yeah, his hands are not better than than Tony Ferguson's hands. He's got his jujitsu to fall back on, right? I don't think that's going to work here. Uh, I, I, Tony Ferguson's jujitsu is just as good, if not better. Um, so I like Tony Ferguson here. Again, seven months since that hellacious beating by Justin Gaethje, where because of the lack of fans in the audience, you could actually hear the shots. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone take as many shots as Gaethje landed on Ferguson. Um, I just don't see uh, Oliveira fighting that kind of fight and catching um, Tony the same way. Um, so I like Ferguson here. I like him a fair amount. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible for Oliveira to win. I'll have a few shares of him. But I really do think that this is Tony Ferguson's fight. Main event time, guys. We are here. Davison Figueredo, 9,000, taking on Brandon Moreno at 7,200. Line on this fight. Figueredo, minus 305. Moreno is plus 275 on the comeback. Fight doesn't go to decision. Minus 225. Before I get on, Chris, I have to say, I understand what he's saying is if you picked Alex Perez, does the same reason to pick Brandon Moreno here. Absolutely. If the, if the fight gets extended, Figueredo is going to fade, but he's been... I think I learned my lesson. I did pick Marie, I did pick Figueredo last time, or Perez. I was kind of leaning away from from Figueredo. Just the wrestling, I thought he could extend him. Dude, there's something different about the way Davis and Figueredo hits guys at flyweight. There just is, and he's got you know great submissions. We've seen Moreno be be a really good scrambler before. I'm picking Figueredo. I think he gets a finish again, but. And, and not all the way just, you know, I'm not letting Reese Bias completely kill me. Moreno is definitely live in this fight. The path is it being extended. And then Figueredo slows down. Marino, we've seen the pace of Moreno. Maybe he gets it done that way. What I wanted to, what I think is interesting is that even in a Moreno win at his price, I don't think he's a lock for the optimal. Because I think his, his the most likely path to victory for him is a decision. And that scores even in five rounds. They say he scores... Now, he could score 85, 90 points. There, that's a really good score and could be on the optimal. There's a lot of hundred point upside on this card. There's a lot of finishing fights. Like you got Peter Barrett who could finish Chase Hooper. You got um, Moicano who could finish Fizayev. You got, you know, it, you got heavyweights in JDS. You have Charles Oliveira. Like, are you telling me for sure that Moreno and Decision is going to get enough points here? I'm not sold. Um, and Overall, I think Figueroa is going to get a finish anyway. So for me, give me Figueroa two. When it, I love both these guys fought three weeks ago. It, this is a lot of fun. We'll see what happens. Who's up for this fight? I believe it is Joe. Start us off with the main event. Yeah, so uh, I'll take Figueroa here. Look, I, I like what McLovin has accomplished. I'm the assassin baby, um, Moreno. Um, I, you know, it concerns me a little bit the 21 day turn, but. My understanding is, is that he stayed at the PI and did not go home. So he looked really good on the scales, made weight with ease, apparently, which has always been a struggle yeah, of his. 124 and a half. Yeah. All, all of that to me, like says Figueredo is, is the guy to be beat here and be the fighter of the year. So he's going to win this fight. He's going to be the fighter of, of uh, 2020. Chris, who you got? Yeah, well, you said it, Sean. Uh, I just think that if I picked Alex Perez, nothing happened in that fight. 
that should make me change my mind. Uh, in in the few exchanges we did see on the feet, I thought Alex Perez was getting the better of it. Um, and the thing here is that we have a, a good jiu-jitsu player who's not just going to lazily um, position himself in someone's guard to get their neck taken, which is a good thing. Um, I think that Moreno looked really good on the ground against a high-level black belt in Brandon Roy Val. Took his back, um, had him in a really bad position in that first round, and another bad one even before, right before the arm came out of the socket. Uh, he was still sort of halfway on his back, sort of in like a three-quarters position. But um, all that is to say that I think Moreno is probably the better jiu-jitsu player here. We can't ignore the fact that um, Figueredo is probably stronger. That matters when you're close in, in jiu-jitsu. The stronger person is going to have an advantage as, as long as the skill level is close. Um, so that's something. But a lot, a lot of the same things I liked in Perez on the feet, I like in Moreno. I will say that his boxing is not as sharp as Alex Perez's. But what I like about him is that he's not afraid to, to exchange with people in the pocket. So he's not just going to wilt when Figueredo applies pressure to him, which is something that I like. Um, he's also never been finished, Brandon Moreno, which is something to keep in mind here. And I think a feather in his cap. I, I just think that... Um, Look, the, the upshot of, of, of uh, Figueredo being as strong as he is and as powerful as he is, he's also very foot slow and, and very stationary in the cage. Moreno is not. He's going to be able to bounce around him. He's got an improving jab. He can counter a little bit. Um, I like everything he brings. I, I know that Figueredo can knock him out, but um, the, fact that, the fact that I think Moreno is going to have the jiu-jitsu edge, I think, is, is, is significant here. I think it could it – could play the difference it's going to mean that um, Moreno is going to be able to use his wrestling without much fear of what's going to happen to him on the ground he has been in bad positions in fights before we can't forget that uh Juicy A Formiga had him in a couple bad spots he got out of them um but overall I, I still trust him so uh as I said I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand over the flame one more time and uh see what I get here so uh, I'm taking Moreno all right guys it is time for hot takes if you're new to the show Give us a hot take in chat. I will read one out. Something unexpected. Joe usually pulls out. Wager doesn't have to be a wager, but something unexpected that you think will happen at UFC 256. Anyone got one? Locked I, I got one. I got one. All right, let's go. So, um, you know, I, I stated in the beginning of the broadcast that, um, you know, my my parlays and my wagering has kept me from, you know, calling it quits for 2020 because uh, DFS has not been great. Um, you know, it's been okay. I mean, I haven't gotten completely destroyed, but I mean, I just have not been, you know, it's been a real grind. Um, and and I, I work-wise, it's been really tough to do the level of preparation that I need to do for DFS, which is honestly a lot more than making wagers. So I've been putting a lot of time into wagers. Here is a parlay that I like. Um, you know, past performance is no uh, precursor of future performance here. I'm going to come out and say that. Um, when I put this in, it paid 18.78 to 1. Right, um, I, I, I'm firing this up right now. I, I, okay. I, I, now it, may, it may be a little – well, what you're going to lose in one of the fighters, you may get back in another. So, yeah, put this in and let me know how it pays. So I'm starting this off with my, my girl, VJ. Um, I put it in at plus 140. She's plus 160 now. So I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it just for you. Yeah, you actually got better. You got better odds now. Um, I followed that up with Moicano um, at plus 120, who's plus 130 now. So you're getting better odds there. My book's a little different, but keep going. Yeah, here's where you're probably going to get worse odds is I've got Billy Q in here at minus 124. Yeah, mine's got a minus 160. Okay, yeah. so that's where you're going to lose. But it, it, it looks like it's pretty close to a push right now. Um, and I got I got El Kakui, Tony Ferguson at minus 175. Got minus 160 here. Okay, better. Then I got Devison Fig Figueroa at minus 323. Got 312. All right, so. What did you come up with odds-wise? What is that going to pay? What is that I odd? I have. Uh, the book's being funny. Let's see. It's probably pretty close to 18, 19 to 1. Was it not giving me? Hmm. Okay, so. Yeah, it's about, about, I think it's like 18 to 1. 
Yeah, so while you're looking that up, I bet um, on this parlay $106.50 to win $2,000. To win $2,000. It's um, – wait, say that again? You, you put how much on it? $106.50 to win $2,000. So to make you're, a $2,000 profit. You're a crazy man. Yeah, it's, it's I got plus $183. God, Joe, you really like Vierna that much? Uh, again, uh, uh, you know, based on my DraftKings plays, this is a pretty small wager. So uh, I think it's look at, at eighteen to one, nineteen, almost nineteen to one. I, I like it. I'm probably going to pop out Vierna and put in something else of my own. Well, my own doing here a little bit of Vierna just in case it, it, it hits. You're going to feel awful. You know, just so, do it for a couple of bucks. You don't have to do it for you know, do it for five yeah. bucks. Whatever. I don't know. You got a uh, hot take locked and loaded for us, uh, Chris? And guys, yeah, mine is uh, not nearly as exciting. I'm a little upset because um, now it's way lower than it was when I saw it. But uh, either way, we're still going to go with Kevin Holland knocking out uh, Jack Grayson. I think that's a hot take. I like it. Yeah. I I am going to go. Let me count them up here. Um, I'm going to go to my. Good old reliable here because I remember it being a lot. All right. All right. You ready? Nine of our 10 fights are going to end inside the distance. Wow. And I think the only one that doesn't VJ. Really couldn't, is, is I, I think it's Taurus Hughes. Really? I, I, I just, I, I actually, now this is just personal, but you want me to give a, a hot take not related to that? Go ahead. I think Dern is going to knock out Vera Jandabropa. Wow. That's a hot take. It's, I think, I'm actually thinking about placing that bet just because it's one of those two BJJ practitioners and just Dern swings freaking wild. It could happen. I, I, like, I'm not going to say it can't happen. But so, I, I like Nons, by the way. Tisha's first finish since we're naked choking Lima. Yeah, she absolutely could happen. The 9 of 10 could be maybe maybe a different fight. So my official hot take is going to be 9 of 10 fights and inside the distance. What, what's, uh, what's the price on that uh, uh, Dern by knockout? Uh, Dern by knockout is – let me pull up exactly what it is right now. Plus 250. Plus 650. Oh, 650. You go. That's not bad. I might, have to, I might have to hedge and yeah. take a little play on that as a hedge. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um, the second one was way hotter. None says Billy Q round three plus fourteen hundred. That is um, that's narco that's cop. That's Mike from Chicago. In pretty the spicy, and I got to tell you, that's 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 how Billy Q fights, man. That's just that is a Billy Q prop round three yeah. finish. All right, guys, that's what we got. Make sure you go to rotowire.com/slash/free for a ten-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. For Joe, who is you can find him at Sun Tzu, Chris at Real Chris Olson. I am the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Find me on Twitter at Sniper underscore DFS. Guys, good luck in your contest. We have this week. We have next week. And then we're off for a few weeks. I mean, not us in the podcast. Us fight fans. We have next week to look forward to. And then, like, a month off. So Finally. Enjoy I'm, the time I, with your I family. A little bit of time off, yeah. man. It's yeah. Been- have you guys – has anybody tracked how long it's been since we've had a break? It's got to be a few months at least. Yeah. yeah. It's like 17 straight cards, I think. Oh, yeah. My God. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I'm looking. Actually, I'm a huge fight fan, but I don't mind a little bit of a hiatus here. I'll I'll play a little NBA. I'll I'll try. I'll keep playing CS:GO. Just more relax. A lot more relaxed. You know. There you go. Enjoy the time with your family, guys. Good luck in your contest. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.